0: they are 2 well defined black races one has black skin and woolly hair the other has black skin often exceptionally black with straight hair, aquiline nose, thin lips and an acute cheekbone angle we find a prototype of this race in India the Dravidian it is also known that certain Nubian-like certain nubians likewise belong to the same negro race as this sentence by an arab authority idrisi indicates quote the nubians are the most handsome of the blacks their women have thin lips and straight hair unquote so hopefully with that uh, that as a background when you see someone standing here that does not fit into the stereotype of what we are accustomed to tell you well I'm an African you know you, you just would not flip because this is the job that has been done with us In bringing this brother here today he will <laughs> blow a lot of myths and the information that he will share with us today no one leaving this forum will leave the same way they came in to give you some background, who is Velu Annamale? Well, Velu Annamale was born in a small village near the southern tip of India in a state called Tamil Nadu. Both of his parents never went to school and they were financially poor. They were deprived of all social, cultural, educational, and simple human rights by the Brahminical Hindu caste system because they were born untouchables. Dr. Namale obtained a bachelor's degree in engineering and went to West Germany for two years training. He returned to Madras where he taught in an engineering college for three years before coming to the United States in 1969 for higher education. He received his master's degree in metallurgical engineering in 72 from the Colorado School of Mines and then went back to India to teach for another three years. He returned to the states again in 75 for his PhD degree in metallurgical engineering and obtained it in 77 from the New Mexico Institute of Mining Technology. He moved to Texas the same year to work in the uranium producing industry. Presently he's working at the waste reduction, waste recycle and general environmental engineering field. For the past 12 years, Dr. Inamale has been writing on the plight of the untouchables or the Dalits of India, as well as speaking to various groups, mainly to Africans in America. Last year, with the help of Brother Renoko Rashidi, Dr. Inamale started the International Dalit Support Group. The purpose of this organization is to educate and disseminate information on the black untouchables of India to the African community over here. There are over two hundred million untouchables suffering under the yoke of the Hindu race and Hindu racism. And the international, compu- the international community completely ignores it because these people are considered to be black and polluting. Sisters and brothers with this as a background, I'm going to ask you to bring forward this brother and welcome him into our embrace. Before he gets started, we'd also like to welcome his colleague, Brother Lakshman. Kindly stand. Okay. Colleague. And on behalf of the community, we'd like to make a gift to the brother so that he'll have something to remember his presence in Newark. As you know, the last time he came here, there was eight inches of snow outside. So he brought no storms this time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> Hotep, sisters and
0: brothers. Hotep.
1: I think uh, many of you would have heard me or seen me. Is uh, what is the proportion of people who haven't seen me or heard me before? okay good so in case if you hear some facts because facts are going to be facts I may be repeating it and as I said I have to repeat it to get the history out or the true history out as Brother Unini said the purpose of my coming and talking to you is to educate. The word educate I don't want you to misunderstand the word. I'm not referring that you are uneducated. But I like to make a distinction the use or the meaning of the word education. Most of the time we call somebody educated because he has a BS degree or a, or a PhD degree. I don't consider that to be an education. That is simply the person is literate. He can read and write, maybe get a job, fill his tummy. I don't think as African-Americans or the black untouchables of India, that word is the word that we want to use. Education means to understand who I am who you are, what's your background, what's your past, what's your present. If we do not understand that then we are not educated no matter what your educational qualifications are. Okay. So with that kind of introduction I would like to bring to you a part of the world which has been completely hidden and, and and forgotten. There are two worlds who were connected together long time back, but the present generation do not know. Either side do not know the other side is related. And that is my purpose. So if someone would look at me, again this guy doesn't look like an African he looks like uh, one of the Indians walking around the street and most the Indians are obnoxious to the African-Americans what is he doing here? and this has been raised several times every time I go to an African-American meeting particularly in the beginning when uh, brother Noko Rashidi used to take me uh, and people question who is this person? but I think I have spoken to several groups, uh, several radio stations and the book uh, the, the Dalits, the Black Contest of India has fairly disseminated the information about who the Dalits are uh, I think now the African-American community has uh, understood that not every Indian is obnoxious there could be somebody who is your brother or sister and it's kind of difficult to find out okay and even after I finish my lecture still you may not be able to find out but at least you would know there's such a thing that there is a brother or sister who has same ancestry as you have so going back to the history what is the connection between India and Africa think by now probably a lot of people know because I've asked that question several times that India used to be called long 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 time ago Eastern Ethiopia everybody knows that right no yes okay yes 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 <laughs> you also probably heard there's a big river in India called Ganges okay to be frank till two years back I did not know what the meaning of the word Ganges I simply know Ganges is Ganges do you know the name Ganges is one of the strongest and famous emperors of of Ethiopia? that's right do you think uh, some crazy Aryans would name a big river in India, after an Af- African uh, emperor, who not? Simple logic says that. In southern part of India, a particular god is being worshipped by the local people. His name is uh, Murugan. He is always on top of the hill and you go back to Eastern Africa even today for more than 25 tribals worship a God which is on the hill his name is Murungu. and obviously there's no connection between these two people over 7,000 8,000 10,000 years so I'm trying to bridge the gap there is a distinct and clear connection between the ancient India and the ancient Africa. And that is where I want to go back to the Indus Valley Civilization. I think most of you would have heard that or, or maybe would have studied in school, which is as ancient as, as the uh, Egypt Nile Valley Civilization. Okay. I want to confess that I'm not a historian, I'm not an archaeologist, uh, a sociologist, I'm uh, good for nothing engineer, okay. So I'm not trying to uh, uh, go into the details, archaeological details, I will leave that to Brother Rinoko Rashidi when he comes next. But the original inhabitants are or the original creators of the Indus Valley civilization which is also called Mohanjodhara and Harappa or Harappan civilization was created by the black man people came from Africa about uh, 7000 BC BC which is 9000 years back maybe even earlier than that they brought agriculture they domesticated most of the animals they were highly civilized they had two story buildings, sanitation systems, sewage system. They had a built in a, a, a screening system in the sewage so the solids would not block the uh, a liquid passage. They had chutes so they can drop the uh, uh, garbage from the upper level to lower levels. They had individual wells. They had courtyards. Highly civilized conditions they were living. They were very peaceful agricultural people, very well flourishing civilization. This is the original black people. Then about I think 5000 BC small groups of people from Mediterranean started coming into Indus Valley. The Indus Valley I'm referring right now if you could imagine Pakistan and that is where the original uh, uh, Indus Valley people lived Harappa and Mohenjo-daro; those are the two main cities that they lived and that was not discovered till I think 1846 or something by the British before that we did not even know that we had a civilization the British obviously they were trying to build railway lines and they stumbled into the civilization when these Mediterranean people came they mingled with the local black people and obviously there is a certain amount of intermingling and maybe a slight change in features. That is the people they started calling themselves Dravidians, I maybe brother Inuni might be able to give a little detailed definition as what the Dravidian means, I'm not quite sure even though I call myself a Dravidian. But anyway, that is how the word Dravidian came into picture. To me, Dravidian and a black are one at the same. As a matter of fact, that is how it is being used in the Vedas and scriptures of the Hindu religion which I'll go into a little later. And even today, in India, normally the dark skinned people are referred as Dravidians. Okay. When these Dravidians were living comfortably about uh, 3,000 BC, between 3,000 and 2,000 BC, nomadic white Aryans came from the Central Asia. They were looking for food. They were just wandering around. They were huge big people. The one thing sadly they had is their domesticated horses which the Dravidians did not. With the horse power of being nomadic barbarians they had all the skills of killing and beating. So when they walked into Indus Valley civilization they found a glorious people living. So first thing they wanted to do is to conquer the people. And to learn and to possess everything what these people had. A conflict took place. A war took place. It went on for several hundred years. Obviously when these, the people came, and the Aryans came, there is no very clear cut statistics how many women came with them. The the perception is that not too many women they brought with them, the white women. So there is already a mixing of color started during the period of struggle. So when the white man started having offsprings closer to white skin, not exactly white closer to white skin, They started dividing these people into different groups. The highest being the purest white. The second group little darker. The third group is little darker. And then they assigned positions or jobs or trades according to the color. The the purest color had the best job the second color the lowest color at the second level job and the third level color had the third level job and the fourth one is the darkest color. Okay. The purest guy the white man they called themselves Brahmins. Brahmins the word Brahmin comes from the word Brahma. Brahma is the creator of the, the religion that they later on invented when they came in they did not have a religion our ancestors had nature worship. That is what they did. They did not have any ritualism. They simply worshipped the sun and the rain and the fire and the air. That is the type of worship they had. They also worshipped uh, uh, cattle, the cows and the bulls, because that is what is used in their agriculture. So they wanted to thank them. As a matter of fact, even today in South India, where the most the Dravidians live, we have one day. Or uh, two days. One day we equivalent to Thanksgiving, but we thank the sun. Because without sun we cannot have agriculture. And the second day we thank the oxen and the bulls and all that. Even today it's happening. So this is our, our ancestry. But these guys they create their own gods. Brahma is the creator. So the pure white Aryans they call themselves Brahmins. Brahmans I guess it's also meaning the wise man that is according to them obviously not according to me okay so their duty or their exclusive profession is priesthood and teaching. They are the only one can read and write and they're the only one can obviously be the priest that means be close to the God and essentially they call themselves the God on earth they are the God the second lighter skin guy got the job of a trader trading and accounting and and taking care of the business the third guy the third darker guy is is, is a warrior and big guys they picked all these guys okay you're gonna protect us this is the people came from their offsprings, but the indigenous people, we were fighting with them all the time, and were captured and made as slaves to serve the first three, at that time I think it really meant classes. The fourth one is called the Shudras, they're in fact the slaves of the three upper castes so the first three castes are called the upper castes and the fourth one is the Shudra are slave but that doesn't end the story there the people who fought with these Aryans but could not withstand and ran off into the jungles are called the tribals and even today you can see tribals in India if you go and look at them you wouldn't distinguish them from any other African in Africa every features the curly hair the big lips and everything dark color dark skin in between the guys did not run away the guys did not surrender but kept fighting all the time ultimately they the Aryans took these people as slaves but they're so furious because these people did not surrender like the Shudras and they said, okay, you guys are going to punish you and we're going to call you untouchables. Because we can't touch you, because if we touch you, it'll, we'll pollute ourselves. And we're going to designate the kind of jobs which are called polluting jobs. Cleaning the street, cleaning the bathrooms, carrying the dead animals. And everything which goes along is called polluting or filthy and then we are going to make you to live away from this town away from the villages segregated these are called the outcast or untouchables this is initially started as a kind of a class system and i want to make sure we clearly understand the difference between class and caste there is a big difference A lot of people do not understand or if you talk to a lot of Indians walking around here, either they do not understand or they purposely lie to you. Okay. There is a a valley and a a hill difference between the word caste and class. So this started as a class system. But then the Aryans worried about their purity of their race. They wanted to make sure that they have no more intermingling between this cast so the brahmins can control them better they wanted to keep those people within the two walls or the four walls how can we do that? we need to make sure there is no crossbreeding that's the first thing we want to do how can we do that? we are going to introduce religion that's the best way you want to subjugate somebody you introduce religion and these Aryans were so smart in in an obnoxious way they invented a religion they invented two words one word is called dharma the other word is called Karma. Dharma is, dharma means um, kind of a, you know, you, you, you do what God says you got to do. Okay. So what he says, the God says, this is your job. God tells you, this is the job you got to do. Why, if, if a guy says, why I have to uh, be a carpenter, why can't I be the priest? then he comes around tells you that is because of your karma what is karma? you did something bad in your last life so the God is punishing you this life okay but that's that doesn't stop right there either you better not question that again why you are in that position if you question You'll make the God angry and next life you're going to be worse than this. (laughs) Very smart people. Extremely smart people. So everybody did their job with a smiling face. It doesn't matter what the job is. Agreeing to be a slave. Enjoying the slavery. So that's what we call in in India where the slaves enjoy slavery because they think they are serving God but it took three thousand years for me to get up and said which God let me find out which God is who, who made me be an untouchable tell me what I did in my, in my last life I sure want to find out Okay, I sure want to talk to that God maybe I will shoot him <laughs> because I know the life of an untouchable India but what these Aryans did they made us completely dumb completely ignorant completely illiterate completely poor completely weak in every sense of the word for 3,000 years we can study we can read, we can write. we can't even, uh, our women cannot even cover their body. And we cannot even wear any dress like the other man. We, I'll go back later on and read some of the scriptures which is the holy books of Hindu holy books. Where it says an untouchable, uh, the dress of an untouchable has to be the dress of the dead corpus. That is, the holy book says that. The Hindu holy book says that. And and these people are supposed to eat only from broken parts. So when they have systematically made these people for so long, they completely accepted their faith, so-called faith. I said, well, obviously I have done such a bad thing in my last life. I have no choice. So I might as well hope for a better life in the next life better things in next life or maybe better life and for my child in my life's next life so let me faithfully follow my dharma so I don't even have a mind to question as to why I am an untouchable and this guy sits on top of the hill okay it took three four thousand years for us to even think about it Okay this is what is called Varna Shrama Dharma which is Varna means color in Sanskrit the word Varna is color so the, the religion today is called Hinduism the name the original name is not Hinduism it is either called Brahminism Brahmin, Brahminism meaning that you accept Brahmin as a superior That is the name of the religion Or Varna-Shrama-Dharma Meaning, you know, I told you Dharma The Dharma is the the job that you do designated by God And that that job is due to your Varna So Varna-Shrama-Dharma So this is the name of the religion Till 9th century AD When the Persians ran into India They saw the river the Sindh river the Indus Valley civilization which is the river called Sindh they said well this is Sindh river so this place called Sindh but they can't pronounce yes somehow they couldn't pronounce yes so they called them Hind then they said everybody who lived in this part of the country called Hindus for them everybody other than who followed Islam were Hindus even though an untouchable who is an outcast because be an, be, to be a Hindu you got to have a caste. If you are an outcast obviously you don't have a caste. If you do not have a caste you can't be a Hindu. But for the purposes of the Brahmins and the other upper caste it is for their advantage to call the untouchables as Hindus. So they can faithfully, obeying, obediently do your job. So they called them as Hindus. And the untouchables not knowing what's going on. Agreed, we are also Hindus. Except I can't go into their temples. I cannot go into the streets where the upper caste live. Except to clean their bathrooms. Okay. So we were the outcasts. When the British came, they obviously the purpose of the British who came there to conquer and to rob the country. That's what they did. And obviously the Brahmins were the the guys were controlling the local population. So they went to the Brahmins and Brahmins said everybody Hindus. So British wrote everybody Hindus. So that is how everybody is called Hindus if you read uh, any article in New York Times about India they would say India has 85% Hindus which is absolutely false so this is so tomorrow if you happen to see an Indian on the street if you ask him what religion do you follow if he says Hinduism you should say you mean to say Brahminism he may not even know or he may not accept agree with you because systematically for all these years the Indians or the Hindus have cheated the international community about what's going on in India the caste system the untouchability it is so prevalent so rampant so barbarous so evil but it's all done in the name of religion so nobody talks about it then it's controlled by the white man the international press controlled by the white man so going to talk about it New York Times press uh, go, uh, reporter goes to India the first guy meets him is a Brahmin so Brahmin feeds him some trash this guy brings the trash and spits out here that's what's going on okay so we are we are now trying to bring some truth and what's going on I'm going to go back and uh, show this book, African Presence in Early Asia. I'm sure a lot of people have seen this book. Okay? There are a couple of excellent articles here for those who want to understand a little bit the, the, the African connection, the Dravidian connections. But I want to quote one uh, little, uh, starting with Wayne Chandler, Brother Wayne Chandler's article he brings Ethiopia and India together in this court and upon his return to Greece they gathered around and asked tell us about this great land of blacks called Ethiopia and Herodotus says there are two great Ethiopian nations one in Sindh meaning India and the other is in Egypt so, and, and there's an excellent article there's few mistakes but but I think that we can ignore that somebody said something? Okay. Um, I want to define a caste system how do you define a caste system? what is a caste system? everybody talks about caste system but I want to ra- read a, a, a well-written definition A four-tier, airtight, stratified and predetermined compartmental system of ascending order of reverence and descending order of contempt with no entrance, no exit. It is fixed for the lifetime, decided on the basis of your birth, not merit, not scholarship, not even bank balance. Hindu religious scriptures came to elaborate encode and morally justify the system one is born and died in the same caste so once you are born as an untouchable you are untouchable forever and your child becomes untouchable automatically so the brahman his child is a Brahman, no matter how idiotic he is, how stupid he is, and no matter how intelligent and untouchable he is, is still untouchable. This system, unique system, only in India, nowhere in the world, and also the so-called Hindu religion is also only in India, nowhere else. So this is. Hindu religion is nothing but caste system. What is a caste system? In fact, originally started as a racism. It started with racism. And racism taught in the name of religion. So if anyone asks you what is how do you define Hindu religion, it is sanctified racism. <laughs> that is that is the word. So if in future, if anyone if you happen to see and I would encourage you to catch every Indian if you see, ask him what your religion, he says Hinduism, you mean to say sanctify racism. I, I hope you would all say that and I hope I'll give you enough information so you can, you can support yourself. He is an ignorant guy, he doesn't know, he doesn't want to know except his parents told him he's an upper caste, he's hanging on to that. And he loves to call himself an upper caste. But he never thinks for a minute as to why he is an upper caste. Why the other guy is a lower caste? Why is an untouchable? He never thinks about it. Because it 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 is in their head. It is in their blood. It is the sickness. Shred of humanity. Shred of compassion. If anyone has... Why should I be the priest all the time? My father was a priest, my grandchild is a priest and this guy is cleaning my bathroom which he cannot even come into my house, cannot walk into my street. Don't you think a little bit of humanity would raise this kind of consciousness? For 4,000 years this is going on. Neither Indians nor the international community ever talks about it. And today there is a war going on in Bosnia, they say, let's and start an inquiry, a war criminal inquiry. I mean here an an oppression, systematic oppression going on for four thousand years, nobody talks about it. What is the reason? hundred million people are suffering today today. And nobody talks about it. You know one of the main reasons is? Because they were blacks and they are blacks that is the basis you may not know that I may not know that I did not know even you know that my ancestry was black I was not taught that in the school when I went to school they talked about Indus Valley civilization but they never told me that is my ancestors who created this great civilization now you know what they're doing the Brahmins all these years they said it is a Dravidian civilization the black civilization the Aryans invaded in the last two years now they say we found new evidence that is no Aryans were never invaders, Aryans were indigenous people. (laughs) They found new evidence Is it that difficult to plant evidences? it is it is is painful it is painful that they could they could have the uh, uh, Obnoxious mind to twist history, twist history, and they're finding people could collaborate with them and I, a white man in this country, white men in this country. These guys go there, they join some uh, religious cult, <laughs> and then they come back and say. Great Hindu religion is great. Don't even know what they are. One time I met an Anglo guy. He said. Oh. Hare Krishna. Great religion. And I asked him. What's your religion? What's your, what's your caste? So he said you are a Hindu. What's your caste? I don't know. What? I said if you don't have a caste. You are not a Hindu. Damn it. <laughs> so you are a Brahmin. Right? Is this the reason why you say you are a Hindu? Do you know there are untouchables in that country? These that this, this kids are brainwashed. These kids have no brain to wash to start with. <laughs> <coughs> they go there, This these crazy gurus, they have crazy ideas, like the Rajneesh, the guy who had 36 Rolls Royce, because he let every woman and men do whatever you guys want to do. And that is how this, this, this Hare Krishna is running around and, 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 and is one of the craziest groups. And they call themselves Hindus. How can they, if you read history, if you read facts, they cannot say that. But because it doesn't affect them. That is the basis. As long as it doesn't affect me, I don't care what you are doing, what, how you suffer. As long as I am in the pedestal. And that is what the Hindu religion, the Brahmanism, has done to their people. And that was the reason why it is so well protected. And nothing could change that. And then fortunately, the people from the down under, when they move up a little bit, and they became they want to imitate. Tried to run away from his own kin and kith. I think you can see some parallels here, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is this is what happening. This is a curse on our race. But we need to, that is where we need to go to education. We need to go to education. What I want to do is, I hope you do not know a whole lot of this Hindu religion because there are some people blindly follow this religion not only the white men. I have even seen some African-American sisters following brothers and sisters following this stupid religion to me I don't think we should follow any religion other than our ancestry religion (laughs) because I, I when I go back to India I call these guys I tell these guys There are thousand and one gods, so-called Hindu gods. All these gods have been there since three, four thousand years. They haven't done a damn thing to our people. We are still slaves. And still we are slaves. The same thing goes here. Jesus Christ has been here two thousand years. The black man and black woman has been lynched in this country with Jesus Christ holding his hand. are we are we that dumb not to recognize that if there is a, a tv uh, some award uh, musical award uh, presented the, the, the young handsome african-american brother comes and stands uh, receives the award jesus christ thank you i feel like slapping his face <laughs> it was not his jesus christ helped him be there this is that our ancestors here 4,000 years been killed and lynched and murdered and raped because of them this young man is standing here. We got to catch every little young child and teach them before they go to school and get some kind of teaching, some kind of education and that is where our problem lies. And it is so prevalent in India, because after 1947, I'm going to go back to the history. Brother told, um, brother, uh, Inouye told me I can take all the time I want, so <laughs> till you all tell me to shut up and I'm going to keep going. <laughs> so, when I have independence, so-called independence, and I'll come back and say why I'm calling so-called independence, be other than the low-caste people had little chance to go to school and 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 move up but he doesn't want to read history he thinks oh my goodness gee, the God gave me because of God I'm moving up he thinks he's too damn smart says, I'm extremely smart that's the reason I'm moving up it's not because of his smartness it is because he got the opportunity. But who created the opportunity? That is the person he needs to go and thank. Instead, this idiot goes around to the Hindu temple and try to hide himself so he can get into the temple. Because if he tells the guy he's an untouchable, they'll kick, the, kick him out of that place. Because he's not supposed to go into the temple. As a matter of fact, not only inside the temple, he can't even go close to the temple. Because he's not really untouchable is unshadowable Because even the shadow Will pollute The temple or the god Or, or the upper, upper caste person As a matter of fact The village I came from Where I was born I still remember there is There is a temple Let's say this is the end of the wall As an untouchable I could not go next to the wall There are bunch of stones stuck about 20 feet from the wall I have to go outside the stone you know why because a certain time of the day my shadow will fall on the wall that will pollute the guard and they, the distance is measured with the uh, angle the, lo- the longest shadow for the longest the tallest guy it is today I'm not talking about 200 years back and if anyone says India is the biggest democracy you have to shake that guy hold him by his collar and tell him what is democracy it is called democracy (laughs) that's what it is. I said the so-called independence because the independence for the upper caste. So they have the independent. To crush and exploit and discriminate the rest of the people. And that is what is going on there. That is what you know the so called freedom of press. Are. What is freedom of press? Freedom of press so the the press editor has the freedom to do whatever he wants to write. and That's what is freedom of press. Just like that here independence is they can do whatever they want. and They can exploit the people. So this is the kind of story that you don't hear about it but this is the facts so I want to make sure you all understand what Hindu religion alone what's what is the implication the temples are there all over they're building temples in this country that the Hindus the upper caste Hindus coming into this country very powerful there may be a small number very powerful because the money the most of them are professionals doctors engineers and 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 um, businessmen and they have a good hold on these politicians and they build temples of millions and millions of dollars and you go inside the temple I don't know they're going to let you in but if you ever happen to go inside you'll find out who is the priest only Brahmins no one else no one else can even go inside that inner wherever that that, that statue you know the hindu uh, has uh, idol, uh, idol worshiping and they are a thousand and one gods and And if you read some of the stories of these gods you wouldn't believe one god chasing another god's wife another god's wife is chasing another, another god you wouldn't believe what all and the god uh, 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 obnoxious things <laughs> that kind of stories the Hindu religion has but that's what practicing here as a matter of fact the Hindu community in this country practice casteism in this country practice so subtly you know there's local Indian run papers and the Indian community uh, tried to stay within themselves trying to find match for their children and they have what is called matrimonial column in the paper, and if you pick it up and see, they go through detailed description of the caste here, and the, the, and the, and and this of course, the white man doesn't care because he likes that because it is all based on racism or freedom of religion. So you can spread poison in the name of religion, and we want to. Be watchful. You want to find out. You need to know. And unless we know the truth, we wouldn't know what's going on. Okay. The let me go back and read you some of the holy scriptures. You know, Vedas. You probably heard about Vedas, uh, Gita, Bhagavad Gita. It's all holy books. I think, I I hope I made it clear and the, the Brahminical Hindu religion there is no single God like Jesus Christ in Christianity or Allah in in, in Islam or a Buddha, Buddhism there's no, um, I I shouldn't say Buddha because Buddha never called himself a God. Okay, these other guys are all prophets or son of a God, whatever, okay. (laughs) But I gave up on these gods and religion long, long time back. Because I was born in a village, I was thrown out of a temple, I was thrown out of a thrown out of a street because I was wearing chapel. So I went through the pain for no fault of myself. I was in the village about two or three thousand people in their village, all cast from Brahmins to untouchables. I was the first. Person to leave that village to go to big city to go to engineering school I was the first to leave the country to come leave abroad and still I was untouchable. And still am when I went to 1988 I took a bus to go to the village I, 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 I was sitting and the next seat was empty and the upper caste guy wouldn't sit because he recognized I came from that village and I think that probably that guy is million miles away from my as far as my my caliber my achievements it doesn't really matter what your qualification is because you are born and untouchable that is because Manu Manu is the guy who codified this this religion Religion, Hindu religion is nothing but rules and regulations. To keep the races separate. So Manu, they call that, he is the lawgiver. Of the Hindu religion. He says, Brahma, as I told you, he is the creator. Has intended from eternity. That the untouchable should be born slaves. And live as slaves. And die as slaves This is I'm quoting I'm not coming up, coming up with the, the reason I'm reading Because I don't want to misread it I want to quote exactly what it says Slavery is in, inborn Among the Shudras, you know, shudras the Shudras the last Within the caste system Shudras is inborn among uh, Slavery is inborn among Shudras And no one can free them From it no one can free it because he was born and, that, and then he is in the compartment where there is no entrance and no exit a shudra is a born slave food gets polluted by the smell of a pig by the looks of a dog and the touch of a shudra and he is not only really simply saying the food is polluted by the touch of a shudra but he is comparing him with pigs and dogs. This is written to 3,000 years back. I didn't expect that people could be that evil. Obviously they were. A shudra shall always serve the brahmins. To live in this world and to benefit in the next world. Remember I told you? You do your service politely, obediently, there's a possibility you will be rewarded in next life. So this is what they tell you. Yeah. So you do an excellent job being a slave. Not a, 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 a disgruntled, uh, um, unsatisfied, but you enjoy. Yes master, I want to love, I want to serve you. <laughs> because, because I'm going to be a superman in next life. A Shudra have, who, have, who behaves contrary to the injunctions of the Vedas and Smritis which is Vedas and Smritis are the scriptures shall born as a ghost to eat head lies. How sick these people can be? I mean how, what can imagination this? So when, when this is told to an untouchable he's scared the hell out of himself already working as a slave working as an untouchable and if he tell this guy his next life you're gonna be, be a ghost he is gonna try his damn best to be an excellent slave and that is what this is and this is what's called interreligion. religion if anyone has any any kind of doubt I want them to hear this what religion is and they haven't left women alone anyway no religion left women alone to kill women and and non brahmins is not a sin here as i was telling earlier the dwellings of untouchables shall be outside the village and their wealth shall be dogs and donkeys their dress shall be the garments of the dead and they shall eat their food from broken dishes. Black iron shall be their ornaments and they must wander from place to place. This is the holy scripture we are talking about. We are not talking about some kind of phonographic material Let's come to Bhagavad Gira, supposed to be the holy book of Hindu religion. anybody heard about it? Now I want to tell you how go holy this book is. Shaturvarnia is another name for Varna caste system. Has been created by me. Me, my means God. Service is the natural action of the Shudras. Here, service means serving the Apatri caste it is glory to die in the observance of one's dharma dharma meaning your caste duty but dharma of others this caste duty of others is a horror so you better not try to learn somebody else so they have done it in such a way you do what you're supposed to do faithfully
0: I'm from Guyana, which is a Caribbean nation. I have quite a few members of my family that are Indians. Hey, I know children. Oh, but since you started, it's been finishing. Yeah, go ahead, go let, let him go ahead. Let him go ahead. Not on, ahead. The mic. Not on the mic. I know. The mic I know. I know. If, if you have a question, just go
1: ahead. And good, good. But we would like to have all the questions at the end so that they can record it, I guess.
0: Right, right, right. Come, yeah.
1: On. Yeah. come on. I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay. Yeah, I'll come back. All the questions. Have all the time tonight. I'm not leaving till tomorrow. <laughs> One should not abandon one's duty which attaches to him from his very birth see they are reinforcing it again and again and again he he worships him he who worships him through performance of his own duty Dharma attains perfection this is from whole Gita few other scriptures the shudra must be prohibited from hearing, studying and understanding Vedas. I want to go back one step earlier as to how these four castes are created. The brahmins are supposed to have come from the head of the god. The second caste which are the, the trader caste. They have come from the shoulders of the god. The third caste which is the warrior caste. I come from the thighs of the guard. The fourth shudra I come from the foot of the feet of the guard. I was wondering where the heck I came from. I'm an untouchable. You Pardon? You say it came from the, from the shoulder, uh-huh. right? It came from the center of the body. And the feet, right? Yeah. right. Why don't you identify them? So you relate to them. The kshatriya Vidushya, and the shudra, right Isn't that true? The, the last one is shudra the guy who came from the foot of the shudras the brahmin came from the head yeah. the the vaishyas came from the shoulder the kshatriya come from one of the guy it doesn't really matter between kshatriya and Shu and uh, vaishyas one from the shoulder another from the thigh identify, think, from the the
0: brahmin from the head Okay,
1: okay the, the, the purpose of my, I'm not trying to uh, define or, or teach a class. The purpose is to tell you the kind of philosophical approach to the caste system, okay? I was My main emphasis is where did the shantachables come from? That is my... Point I'm trying to find. Come, okay. Untouchables obviously no place because they are further down in the in the uh, uh, hierarchy of the caste. Okay. Uh, okay. If a shudra hears the Vedas, his ears will be filled with molten lead. If he should utter the Vedas His tongue should be chopped off His body should be cut into pieces If he should commit to it memory This is one of the Vedas These are the things I've written So how do you expect A poor untouchable Try to read or try to study Or try to even think There's no way you can think and this is the basis on which the hindu religion so hindu religion is nothing but caste system caste system and hindu religion one at the same if i have that point come across i think i have have, have fulfilled my, my my purpose okay now coming back to the Hindu religion as to how the untouchables have been in that bottom, what is the status today, what are their status today, is there an emancipation, how did it happen, when the British came, oh before that let me go back to the, the, the Persians, the Muslims the Muslims came, they came in the 9th century one of the reasons every time a foreigner came into India he was able to invade the country so easily because people are completely disintegrated there's absolutely no unity but that is the dividing and rule is the name of the game of the Hindu religion okay? so when whether, whether Alexander the Great walked in or, or, or the Muslims came in or the British came in they had absolutely no difficulty in conquering the country. As a matter of fact, in uh, certain places the one king invited the other guy from outside in order to run over the other, other kingdom. So they were fighting against each other. It was easy for a foreigner to to, to conquer India. Uh, Muslims had no difficulty in conquering almost the whole India. So when they came in, obviously a number of untouchables converted Islam. Whether forcefully or because if, if I were living at that time, I would have jumped out of that and joined any religion. <laughs> <laughs> Better, I mean, uh, I'm comparing one religion to other, I would have definitely gone any other religion other than Hindu religion. Okay. And again, by going into that religion, these people got benefit. First of all, they got dignity. Because all said and done, Islam among all the religions, is the one treats everybody equally. At least comparatively. Okay. Then came the British. They brought Christianity into India. There also again some of the untouchables and the, the low caste shudras converted to Christianity. But in order to gain benefits from the British. Some of the Brahmins also converted to Christianity. And by by going into Christianity, they also took their caste to some of them. So today we have different castes in Christianity. As a matter of fact, we have different churches for different castes. There are some churches where different castes sit in different places. So I call Indian Christianity as a modified Hinduism. And it is true, that is true, and it can even today, you can go to India and you can see different castes of different churches. But, in all that, the British did help the untouchables, they were able to recruit these people into their military. So there is a gradual, upper level movement, and education was given to these people even though the, the Hindu religion prohibited these people from education after British came these people were able to get themselves educated so the real breakthrough for these people came in 1891 when a, when a soul was born in an untouchable community when that boy was little when he was went to car school he was not allowed to sit with the rest of the class students he had to sit at the corner back corner he has to bring his own little piece of rag so he can sit on the floor the teacher would not touch his notebook he cannot drink water in the school till somebody would take the water and pour in his mouth and if somebody is not available to pour water he could not drink water for the whole day But. Thank goodness there was a teacher who recognized this boy had extraordinary intelligence Which was, that boy is not supposed to have intelligence Because if you are untouchable you have no brain Because they saw to it you didn't have any brain By by preventing you from teaching at all, learning at all But this teacher found this guy, boy, such an enormous intelligent so he talked to another benevolent, one of the small maharajas. So before 1947, India had uh, hundreds of little little kingdoms. They called the maharajas. There was one maharaja happened to be a benevolent, a good person. So this teacher informed that maharaja about this boy. So that maharaja said, "I will pay for his tuition. I will pay for his education." So he went through college and then he sent him to New York City in 1913. He came here in 1913. 1916 he returned to England. Within three years he obtained both his M.A. and Ph.D. When he left in 1916 he shipped 2000 books back to India and I believe the only place he spent his time is in the libraries and I believe the librarian has to kick him out at the end of the day because he would not go out he went back to England a goddess a DSC and Bharatla. went back to India and he was supposed to serve that Maharaja because he spent money on him to come to the country he went back landed in Bombay from there he had to go to this hundred 200 miles where this Maharaja kingdom was he went there he couldn't find a place to live because he was an untouchable all his PhD's MD's um, DSC Bharatla didn't help him so ultimately he had to lie to one of the uh, um, like, a, like a boarding places and he was able to get in he went to his office everybody knew that untouchable is going to come to the office so they they had a a, a rug people to walk they were waiting for this guy to walk in they quickly rolled the rug out so he wouldn't pollute the rug when he had to receive a paper the, the office peon would throw the file on at his desk but whatever lies he made in his boarding place didn't last more than ten days. They found out. They, f- they did not find out about his PhDs and M.D.S. and bar at last, but they did find out that he was born untouchable. The word "born" is the most important word. So there was a whole bunch of people standing in front of the boarding house with the long sticks. He was so afraid. So somehow he went through the back and packed his bag, ran away from the place. But there was no train till the end of the day, so you went to a park, I believe he went for several hours, sitting there. If this is what happens to me, he was the highest educated person at that time in India. I think even now I can say he was one of the highest educated persons. What will happen? What will happen to happen to my people up there in villages? I have no education, no property, absolute poverty. So he said, I'm going to work for my people. I'm going to do everything possibly he can do to see I can get my people up. So he went back to Bombay. He was able to get a, a job as a lawyer. Bombay being a big city with a lot of in, British influence he was able to uh, go to college and he was teaching in uh, college then he started writing about the untouchable peoples and he started doing a lot of research just to find out what the caste system is why where how the hindu religion and he was writing to the british and british people thank goodness at least listen to him listen to him so when the time came in 1930s they were talking about the British leaving India there's a lot of commotion going on and I want to bring my favorite person into the discussion is Gandhi here Uh-oh. I'm referring to Mr. Gandhi uh, the old man that you would have seen a picture the movie the famous movie they wrote they took okay, that is a propaganda picture ok yeah. this guy was also Bharatla I think he was a third-rate Baratla. Uh, uh, he couldn't even find a job in India. So they shipped him to South Africa. That's the truth. So he went to South Africa. To work for one of his. Uh, uh, see th- th- when, when the Indians went to other countries. Uh, whether the uh, Caribbeans or, or South Africa or, or Fijis and other places. The first shipload was all the untouchables. Because they needed the. Uh, laborers are the coolies they used to call them at that time. Coolie, coolie. As anybody from uh, Trinidad or, or Jamaica would understand the word. Yeah, coolie. And that was the untouchables. But then to manage them, they took the upper caste. So they had uh, uh, pretty much the entire cross section of people moved to different countries. But the majority of the people, because mo- they, they need more laborers than, ever, than the masters. So majority of Indians were shipped to those countries where the Dal untouchables. Okay. So, when the Gandhi went there and he, was, he saw the British man treating all Indians or his upper caste men as bad as blacks. He got, he got worried. I said, we are the pure race, we are the Aryan race. How can the British can treat us like the blacks? So he started uh, uh, fighting uh, as, as misunderstood. People say he fight racism. But they forgot to tell you what racism he was fighting for. He was not fighting for the black man. He was fighting for his own race. So he became a little famous, and whenever you fight for your, your race, the, the rest of the clowns lift him up, put him on pedestal. So he became a, a great, great hero. And the movie they showed you that the, he was thrown out of the uh, train compartment. Everybody said, here is the man fighting for the racism. He was fighting because he was being treated like the blacks. That was the reason he was fighting. He was he was fighting. Anyway, ultimately he came back to India and he became overnight a hero. Because they, they, they wanted somebody, a hero. They were waiting for a hero. And here came a big hero from South Africa because he was fighting against the British. So he Gandhi was representing the upper caste. But he declared that he was representing quote unquote Hindus which conveniently included the untouchables because for them untouchables are part of Hindus except as slaves but Dr. Ambedkar asked if we are Hindus how come we don't have the same right as you have for that he says well that is the varna system and karma so Dr. Ambedkar said no if we are socially separated we have to be politically separated so when the British started talking about independence and uh, the parliamentary elections and all that I said Dr. Ambedkar said this person the great person Uh, as a matter of fact uh, brother Renoko Rashidi defines Dr. Ambedkar as someone that if you put Malcolm X, Garvey, Bukati, Frederick, and Martin Luther King—all together roll them up, and you have Dr. Ambedkar. Unfortunately, the untouchable community has that only one person. We call him the savior, the emancipator. Okay. So he said, "We need our own independence. We want our own representation. We want to elect our own people." But Gandhi said, "No." you are Hindus so we will elect you but British said to turn around to Gandhi I said you say in the meantime he was talking about oh I want to elevate everybody I want to eradicate untouchability but he didn't want to eradicate the caste system he was firm believer in caste system but the world did not know that you can eradicate untouchability without eradicating caste system, because they are one and the same. The reason why he he does not want the caste system to be eradicated because the minute caste system eradicated, the Hindu religion disappears. For him, the religion is more important, because that is their race. So he was in fact cheating the people saying that he wants to eradicate untouchability. So the British Prime Minister at that time wrote him back. I said you say you want to help these people and this is one way to help these people to have their own representation. He said so they went to England, London for a round table conference. There was a discussion. He said Dr. Ambedkar a thousand times more intelligent, more smart compared to Gandhi so there's no way he could he can you can argue so he sat there silently in the town table conference so the british thought gandhi agreed they even declared that the untouchables will have their own representation this guy came back he said i will i will not eat till i die if the british is going to uh, separate the untouchables from the hindus gandhi was a hero he was a god to the hindus so this guy went on fast, not eating, three days, four days, five days, this is getting tense in India and Dr. Ambedkar got a lot of thread that if something happens to Gandhi, you are gone, your people will be gone and there is no doubt about it, weak people so easy. So he was worried but still he said, I'm not going to let my people down, I'm going to try my best to protect my people but ultimately there was a point that he had to give up, give in rather so he got a compromise and that is the reason Dr. Ambedkar called Gandhi as number one enemy of the untouchables because today without that particular action of Gandhi the untouchables' life would have been far, far better because we would have had our own representation. Today, according to the compromise, they said, okay, they designated certain constituencies for the untouchables. Because this district will be represented by untouchable, But, would be elected by everybody. And the untouchables are never a majority in any district. Also in Indian uh, 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 process, election process that you have to be nominated by your party. It is not like here. You got to be nominated by your own party to to contest an election. And all these parties are controlled by the upper caste. So people like me will never have a chance to be nominated. So they'll pick all these uh, dummies and only those dummies are sitting there and they would not open their mouth they probably don't know how to open their mouth because that kind of people they elect them and that is the reason why when 10, 10 of our women are killed raped and killed in India you don't hear about it these guys don't even stand up and talk about it and I attribute that directly to this Gandhi Gandhi also called our people as Harijan. I don't know whether you heard the word. Harijan means, Hari means God. Jan means children. Children of God. Dr. Ambedkar so, got so mad. I said don't call our people with any sweet names. Call a slave a slave. The slave will revolt. You call a slave as the children of God, you're taming them a little more, making you a better slave. And that's exactly what was doing. But in fact, it has got a different connotation. The word Harijan has a different connotation because the Hindu religion has so many evil practices. One of them is to make the young girls and women of untouchable community to be dedicated to the Hindu temples this is one of the practices it is called devadasi system see these people untouchables are so ignorant so absolutely uneducated they think next life is going to be better if this Brahmin tells me whatever i should do so he says you have a nice looking girl so you dedicate her to temple so she can clean the temple around and dance and, and entertain the priests Yes and the children born out of those relationship to me they're called bastards and they're called harijans because the fathers were close to God and this word is coined almost about 50 years before Gandhi first introduced this word a a poet has already coined this word calling these children as harijans Meaning bastards. And Gandhi comes around and calls the entire community as Hurjans. So Dr. Amitkar got mad. I said, don't you ever use this word. And he even passed a resolution in the local uh, parliament. But the Hindus are the majority. They had the power. They introduced it and we are called Hurjans. But today, we don't call that Hurjans. We don't even call ourselves untouchables. We use the word untouchables in certain circumstances. They call us untouchable. There is no reason why we should call ourselves untouchables. Okay. So we call untouchables when we come to UN. Because that explains the truth. The naked truth. Otherwise we call us Dalits. Meaning broken and crushed. And this word also brought the people together. The reason why India, you know, is a fairly big country. It's not as big as the United States. It's only one third the size. <coughs> but, but the population today is almost close to a billion. Okay. India is divided by regions. Every region, they speak different languages. So, an untouchable from one region has no connection with the untouchable of the region. That is number one. Number two, the beginning four major castes, then the fifth caste is untouchable. Then what they did, they wanted the Brahmins wanted to make sure these caste delineation stay within that framework. So they created what is called sub caste which is caste within the caste system and then told them you are higher and you are lower between the caste system see the untouchables are already lowest but among them the certain untouchables were cleaning the roads, streets, the sweepers certain untouchables were cleaning the bathrooms and certain untouchables were carrying the dead animals so they said your job is more filthier than your job so you are upper caste and you are lower caste, within the caste. So these guys are fighting with each other, trying to, trying to figure out who is upper and who is lower. And they have completely forgotten the, the enemy that is that they are supposed to be talking fighting against. So there are several reasons as to why there could not be any unity. We can never unite. Without unity we cannot fight. So this all worked against us and Gandhi played his trick. So when, but when 47 came, when India about to leave, Indians have to write a constitution, new constitution. Do you believe that, ultimately they had to go to this untouchable to write the constitution? the person who wrote the constitution, they, they still claim this is one of the best constitutions is same Dr. Ambedkar so he took that as as a chance to put lot of guidelines into the constitution to help his people to make sure that we get education, free education we have jobs, all these protections but that does not mean just because it is in the constitution it is being practiced what is written one thing what is practiced other things but within that people like us little lucky people just able to creep off crawl and come out and that is how like me without that person I would not be here so for me If there is a God, they tell me that I have to pray a God and this is my God. He's my ancestor. So this is the man I should thank. These gods, all these gods have been there 3,000 years. They never even looked at me. As a matter of fact, they they won't even let me come close to them. So that that is the Gandhi that I want to talk about a little more. And as a matter of fact, I want to go back and touch upon a couple of issues. Two things I want to talk about Gandhi. Number one, the so called non violence. (laughs) Then come back and tell you what he did specifically in South Africa. Before that, I want to say something about Gandhi. Most of the time, when you hear Gandhi's name, you would here as Mahatma Gandhi But you, you haven't heard that word from me till now Because when my savior, my emancipator Called this guy as number one enemy of the untouchable Why should I call this guy a Mahatma? Mahatma means great soul he, he was a great soul, he is a great soul for his race Not for me he, for me, he was an evil man. Nonviolence. What is nonviolence? Nobody defined nonviolence. People heard nonviolence. Anybody can say nonviolence. Probably even Hitler said sometimes nonviolence. Does it mean that we need to glorify Hitler? and that's exactly the the African American community is doing in this country once a year during Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday when I came to this country when I heard that my blood boiled my blood boiled what is the people doing? I thought the African Americans are better educated compared to the untouchables in India are they? I don't know I don't know May, yes, doc, this guy Gandhi said nonviolence. You know, but do you know what he meant by nonviolence? He said, Hey, your master will hit you, but you don't hit you back, hit him back. That is the nonviolence you practice. Be nonviolent when somebody hits you. That is the definition of nonviolence this Mr. Gandhi used. I do not know whether Dr. Martin Luther King got the whole story or not, (laughs) obviously he did not but that's what Dr. John John Henry Clark told me because I have a proof. I understand Dr. Clark tried his best to go to Dr. Martin Luther King to tell him the real Gandhi but there are people around Dr. King would not allow Dr. Clark to go close to Dr. King. To tell the story. But it's time. That we get the facts. So what I did. I called the king center. several so years back. I said I want to talk to you guys. They have a room called Gandhi room. In the king center. I said I want to tell you the truth about this man. Nobody would talk to me. They told me, no, 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 you need to talk to that person. No, that person's not there, talk to that person. You leave your name and number, we'll call you back. <laughs> Never got a result. Never got one. This person, I'm going to go back and read again about this Gandhi's nonviolence. Because I think when I read something, hopefully it will be uh, more clear than... Um, um, let's see where i got this one else. i want to even say a few things about what this gandhi said about caste system i can find no reason for their abolition to abolish caste is to demolish hinduism so he knew very well yeah. if he if he abolish caste system the the hindu religion will be demolished so he doesn't want to do that and he, he, I think at that point I agree that he was an honest enemy the most cruel statement he ever made was if anyone lived in India any length of period one should know the pathetic condition under which the scavenger people live Scavengers are the people who clean dry bathrooms, dry latrines. Scoop those things into the bucket. And carry them on their head. And take it farther away from town to dispose them off. I have seen them carry. Today there are at least half a million people doing this job. And many times those baskets will have holes and sometimes they they push a cart and the road and the people will run away from these people because it's so pathetic smell this is the life of a scavenger he does it every day, the whole day and this guy makes a statement why should my son not be a scavenger if I am one If I'm a scavenger, there's nothing wrong with my son being a scavenger. That is a statement he's made. That is the most cruelest statement ever anybody can make. Any shred of humanity would never make a statement. This statement alone is a proof of how cruel this person was. If I were a doctor, what's wrong with my son being a doctor? I have no problem accepting that statement if I were a priest even though that is logically that's not correct it should be depending upon the head this boy has what kind of brain he has but I have no problem accepting the sense it's not cruel statement but this guy is cleaning latrines, bathrooms day in and day out And and if he were a scavenger would he ever make a statement? if he did I wouldn't consider him as a parent because no parent will ever want their children to do the kind of work no parent no matter how idiotic the parents are but this he made the statement because he didn't have to do it his children didn't have to do it only his slaves were doing it this is the kind of statement and I hope in future whenever you see Gandhi name mingled with Dr. Martin Luther King's birth race I hope you would bring up this point it's very important he also says it is good thing he was talking about somebody asked me a question one of the British asked him a question what if this guy a certain caste does some other caste duty job you know crossing the caste duty he says, it is good thing for him not to arrogate Verna, to which he is not born. I mean, he is not supposed to, if he is not born in that caste, he is not supposed to do that. It is a, by not doing it, it is a sign of true humility. <laughs> According to Hindu belief, a person who practices a profession which does not belong to him by birth belongs to the Varna in which he is born, no matter what profession he practices. But by not living up to it, he will be doing violence to himself and become a degrading being. It's all Gandhi statements. It's all Gandhi statements. I believe. In caste division determined by birth. Underlying birth. And very root of caste division lies in birth. This is a direct quote from Gandhi. If you have, anyone ever say that this guy worked for casteless society. They, they still make a statement. If you talk to a, the Hindu here. They'll say oh Gandhi worked for caste abolishment. They have not read it. They didn't want to read it. They want to keep online, But these are the facts As a matter of fact he says uh, Oh here he says Shudra who only serves the higher caste As a matter of religious duty and, will, and who will never Own any property The gods will shower Down flowers on him
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is the Icing on the cake then he makes a statement how is it possible that the untouchable should have the same right to enter all the existing temples as long as law of caste and karma has the chief place in hindu religion to say that every hindu can enter every temple is a thing that is not possible today this is the non-violent peace-loving gun I think somebody says Gandhi was perhaps 20th century most cunning and crafty fox in a saint's garb <coughs> the credit for saving Hinduism and transferring India from British imperialist to more dangerous Brahmin imperialists goes to Gandhi that is, that's what he did he killed untouchables with his kindness it is a kiss of death (coughs) Gandhi was a double-edged weapon he used religion to fight a political war and to fight uh, fight the fire of socio-economic struggle he deceived everybody with sweet words non-violence was he non-violent? The simplest question asked if Gandhi were non-violent how come during 47 the, during independence partition there thousands and thousands of people were killed in India anybody will remember the events during 47 you know before 47 India was a big country 47 India became two countries India and Pakistan at that time they had West Pakistan and East Pakistan then later on East Pakistan became Bangladesh the reason is because those two regions were given for Muslims because Muslims wanted to have their own country because they said they couldn't live with the Hindus so they had because of their concentration population concentration they had West Pakistan and East Pakistan the later on the West Pakistan uh, tried to oppress the East Pakistan's so they had a fight and, and India played the devil's role and got uh, Pakistan broken into two pieces. So that became Bangladesh and this became Pakistan. Okay. But during that time, hundreds of thousands of people were killed. Non-violent, bloodless violence and then millions hundreds of people killing it doesn't make any sense but you keep hearing these lies again and again and again he also calls during that time if the whole of Calcutta swims in blood it will not dismay me this is a direct quote from Gandhi a nonviolent person talking like this Either non-violence has a different definition Or somebody doesn't know what he's talking about Actually One person said It would be difficult to find a more violent person Than Gandhi in the history Because most of the violent people declare themselves as violent Except Gandhi who cheated the entire world portray himself as a pacifist but in fact he was a hardcore violent person within himself when it came to protecting his evil Hindu caste system. That is exactly the truth. During his stay in South Africa, I want to go back and read a little more in detail. Because I think that's the most important thing. Before that I want to show this book, Gandhi, Saint or Sinner. (laughs) This is an important book every African American has to read because this is absolute documentation of what he did in South Africa. And I'll make sure Brother Unini has address or I will try to get these books and give it to them because this has got documentation. What he said, when he said in South Africa. This, I'll, I'll give you the details because I'll, I think best thing because it is it is available only in India it's kind of difficult for you individually write them so what I'm thinking of doing is to get a bulk and then and send it to here it's easier because of the exchange rates and the, and, and the, and the postal system and half the time your check won't receive or they'll take the check and they'll say they never got the checks he <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay.
1: says you know during the Gandhi movie, people forgot Gandhi for a long time and the Indian government, the Indira Gandhi government to to bring his Gandhi back, their their their, uh, Mahatma back, the movie was completely financed by the Indian government the script was checked and rechecked by the government of India and the movie was taken and uh, one commentary about this movie while Gandhi is being portrayed as a saintly man, a martyr for whom nonviolence is constant theme and growing virtue, Gandhi was an opportunist, a late blooming pacifist for whom non- nonviolence was a selective tactic. In fact, during the Kafir Wars in South Africa, he was a regular Ganga Din who volunteered to organize a brigade of Indians to put down Zulu Uprising and was decorated himself for valor under fire. You should know that. Is it it, uh, the King Center people can't even get this fact? (laughs) And I want to quote some of his writing when he was in South Africa. I don't think any of you would would want to keep quiet after I read this he says ours that is the Indian upper caste community in South Africa is one continued struggle sought to be inflicted upon us by the Europeans who desire to degrade us to the level of the raw kafir whose occupation is hunting and whose sole ambition is to collect a certain number of cattle to buy a wife and then pass his life in indolence and nakedness. This is Mr. Gandhi's writing when he was in South Africa. A few years back later, there was a, a regulation, a gun, the arm carrying control, the Europeans were implementing. And obviously, Europeans wanted to make a rule. Same for the native blacks and the Indians. He is calling, there is a certain class of bill. He says, Class 200 makes provision for registration of persons belonging to uncivilized races, meaning the local Africans, a resident employed within the barrel. One can understand the necessity of registration of coffees who will not work. But why should registration be required? to the Indians he goes on in the majority of cases it compels a native to work for at least a few days a year meaning the locals were lazy they'll never work then he goes on another time we believe as such in the purity of race as we think as the whites do by advocating the purity of all races this is Mr. Gandhi's statement we believe in purity of races as much as the Europeans believe in purity of races so far as British Indians Indians are concerned such a thing in particularly is unknown of mixing races if there is one thing which the Indians cherishes when I say Indians it means upper caste cherishes more than anything else more than any other person it is the purity of the type or race Aryan now can you call Hitler calling himself Aryan the Aryan race you know where he got the Aryan even back to India you know the swastika sign you know where he borrowed that from from the Hindu religion that is a sign of Indian religion That's why he borrowed the Aryan purity and the sign, Swastika sign, both came from Hindu religion. And that is what he is re emphasizing here. So, this book goes through much more in detail about Mr. Gandhi. So, you have a non violent Gandhi. And a racist Gandhi, which is really, see the, the mistake a lot of our people make, the whole non-violence or violence. When the word violence used, right away they think as a gun or a dagger or a, or a stick, a blood. No, it's much more than that. You can be a non-violent person. Let me t- redefine that. You can be an extremely violent person without using a gun or a shower or a knife. That is what they have done to the untouchables. The day a child was born, they said you are untouchable. You are, you are worth for nothing. We wouldn't, you have no brain. You can't think, you can't teach, you can't do anything. So he, he completely destroyed the person. I never had any self-respect. I never loved myself. As a matter of fact, I hated myself when I was a child. That is much, 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 much more cruel violence than if somebody would have taken a gun and shot me down. People don't, people don't, people have to understand when the the word of violence and non-violence is being used to their advantage. It requires little bit of education and sometimes we were denied that education or most of the time we were denied the education but it's about time that we wake up because that is where I'm coming back the, the Gandhi who killed the untouchables are, has the same ancestry as the African-Americans of this country so how can you glorify this man who not only killed the untouchables in India But also went against the Africans in South Africa And then you are glorifying here in this country Last year During October That is the time this guy was born October some date The, the, the Hindus in this country Very powerful They a lot of money they can buy any politicians they obviously bought some uh, uh, city council members in Atlanta so they said we want to name a street after Gandhi right next to King Center with the blessing of Mrs. King so this, this uh, brother African-American council brother fine he moved a resolution and it has to go through legal proceedings so they put an ad in the notice in the legal section how many of us read the legal section in the paper nobody knew about it nobody knew about it none of the african-american the 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 awakened african-american press knew what's going on but you know there are indian run newspaper in this country and one of them carried an, uh, an article. They were jo- joyous of you going to have a name after Gandhi. That to an African American street. They didn't know I'm going to read that paper. <laughs> I read the paper. I called right away our brothers and sisters in Atlanta. And I want to give credit to those brothers and sisters because they did work hard. John, Brother John Trimble His wife Tandai and sister Sharon Davis. These three people got to work. They put together a little pamphlet. Important aspect of this Gandhi. What he was. Went door to door in the street. Educated our brothers and sisters. The day of hearing came in the city hall. All the Hindus had their champagne bottles ready. (laughs) They were ready to open the car. There came John Trimble and sister Jaron Davis. They stood and told him who Gandhi was. Nobody could believe. Obviously Hindus couldn't believe. That anybody would dare talk against their, their God. Blessed by King Center. So we won the race. That, that was completely shelved. But their brother, council brother, I believe, promised the Hindus that I'll find another street. <laughs> and, and we suspect this time they're going to do it in such a way nobody's going to find out. But, but we're going to keep our eyes and ears open. Okay. But that is only a small battle they won so far in the process of education. The bigger one is coming in D.C the powerful powerful Hindu lobby was able to buy a lot of senators and they were pushing a bill through the Senate, U.S. Senate, to create a memorial for Gandhi in DC where 70% of the population is African-Americans where is the Memorial for all these African-Americans who have been killed and lynched and raped in this country. Where is it? There is a memorial for Holocaust. Where did it happen? It happened somewhere else. And, 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 and a memorial here in, in, in government land. What are we doing? What are is elected. Congressman's doing up in Washington DC. The black congressional caucus, what is it doing? But, <laughs> we are not going to let another traitor's memorial come in there. We are not going to allow Gandhi's memorial come into DC. I have gone to DC and met our brothers and sisters and everybody has promised us we will fight it. And I have already sent all these details to all, this, all the, the senators who were involved in this bill. And one senator wrote me back. I said, "We may have difference in opinion about Mr. Gandhi. <laughs> difference of opinion? Difference of opinion? It's much more than that. Two hundred million people being persecuted is difference of opinion for him because it doesn't his Race. It does not affect his race." So I I do have one, one appeal. I may want to come back to you when this memorial business comes serious, I would expect every one of us to at least write or call our senators. Maybe a massive letter writing campaign. Because if such a memorial comes into DC, it is not only an insult to the black people of India, but it's an insult to the entire black African community in this world. they have been running over us too long they've been running over too long we need to stop it we gotta stand up and say this is it we are not going to take it anymore yesterday i had we had another celebration in columbia university that is where dr ambedkar got his ms and Ph.D. see every year a small group of Dalits living in this country we get together and, and celebrate his birthday his birthday is at, uh, april 14th but depending upon the convenience they so yesterday was there uh, we were, i was there, there was <coughs> some of our african american brothers and sisters also attended that he fought lot of hurdles even through one man one man one untouchable had to fight against this monster gandhi and the whole entourage very powerful upper caste the reason why he was able to withstand because of towering intelligence dedication dedication as most of the commitment he had that because he could have been anything he wanted he could have been a, a, a big governor or president of the country if he wanted because they would rather give him and push him aside keep his mouth shut maybe send a few white women with him take care of him that is the tact is they use you know that right as a matter of fact they did it to him Dr. Ambedkar uh, first wife died he was, he was a, ba- a bachelor um, widower for a while he got sick he went to the hospital Negru you know the guy the, the first prime minister He introduced a a physician, a Brahmin girl to Dr. Ambedkar and ultimately they got married and within about 6 years Dr. Ambedkar died and there is no investigation. The, the, The untouchable community wanted an investigation as to why this man died. He never introduced this lady. It's a gradual death. He got sicker and sicker and sicker. But Dr. Ambedkar. called our people and told them three things: in order to emancipate, you got to educate, you got to agitate, and you got to organize. Okay, but I want to I elaborate these things a little better. When I was a le- young boy in India, there used to be demonstrations. You know, for everything, there is a communist party is, is, is a, a, an uh, accepted or, or a legal party in India. They always demonstrate. You know, They walk and labor demonstrations and, and 100 people, 200 people, 500 people demonstrating. I assumed that as an agitation in a demonstration to me I thought it was an agitation and you can agitate when you have a whole bunch of people so I thought that there is an organization so you need to organize in order to agitate but Dr. Ambedkar said educate and then agitate he said I said what is this I don't understand you know why I didn't understand because I didn't get my proper education I had a Bachelor's degree in engineering at that time. I thought to myself, man, I'm an educated man. No, I wasn't an educator. As I said earlier, I was just literate. Education comes within. You don't have to go to college to get educated. <laughs> so once you get educated, once you understand who you are, Where you came from, where you're going, why you are where you are, you get educated. Once you get educated, you automatically get agitated. You get angry, you get mad. If you don't get mad, you haven't gotten educated enough. So once you are agitated, once you are agitated, we become together. That is the organization. Without that, there is no organization. So this is the important lesson Dr. Ambedkar told our people. And I think that applies to everybody, particularly the African American community.